all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all of our Skywatcher listeners out there, whether you are with us intergalactically, galactically, you're in the Matrix, you're in the Hollow Earth, you think we're on the Flat Earth, you think we're in a test tube, whatever. The background noise you hear is not coming from me, it's all the other guy's fault, I'm so sorry. This is what happens when Jacko lets the kids run the show. Then the show just goes haywire, like when I press the mic button and the mic button doesn't want to go, whatever, it doesn't matter. And no, it has nothing to do with the fact that I've been drinking tonight. I am Crystal, a.k.a. DCS, a.k.a. What the hell was that? A.k.a. Woo Woo. And I am joined by the one, the only, Tres Leche, a.k.a. Boreal Paris the other cover guy. Up. Is your child driving you gray? Three seconds to flawless roots. Three, other two, guy. one. Faster than the time it takes What's to change the, a diaper. Ammonia-free, peroxide-free, hassle-free. Roof cover-up by L'Oreal. Other guy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I was okay. just hearing some other things in the background there. I was too. I don't know where that was coming from, but okay. Everybody. Okay, we're, we're getting invaded <laughs> by some other radio show. We are getting invaded by some other radio show. That's what's going on. I, I, I think that's the right answer. I do too. That's that's my All story, right. and I'm sticking to it. That's I'm going. All right. Sorry about the feedback there. I just bought a brand new Dell Black Friday, and I am trying to sort out the. I've gone through three headsets, and it still picks up the microphone that's on the laptop itself, as opposed to picking up the microphone from any of the headsets I've plugged in. I think your Dell is trolling you. My Dell is trolling me. No, my Dell is haunted. Your Dell is haunted. That's it. Okay. My Dell is haunted. Okay. All right. That's sounds that's like a good answer. Come on. Okay. I thought. I mean, that. I mean, that's decent. That's not bad. The Dell is haunted. Okay. We can go with that. Like whatever. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Cool. All right. Whatever. Was good. Do you have Rogue One tickets for Thursday? That's really the only thing I need to know from you. Maybe. Okay, well, yes, I, I do. do. Yes, okay, I do. I was about to say. I do. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Come on, other guy. I have, I have them at 11.05 Thursday night at Fantastic. the Disney uh, Theater. That's the Dine-In Theater in Disney World in Orlando. Ooh, that sounds fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. You go, boy. Yes, I have tickets for 7 o'clock at a movie theater that is right around here. So there you go. But you know something? I'm actually going to see it in 2D, not 3D. Oh, really? Are you? Why is that? 
Well, I've noticed, you know, I've been noticing that every time I watch something in 3D, it's a lot darker. The imagery is a lot darker, and you're not sure what you need to focus on because the director and the 3D text decided what we should focus on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I don't when think I have 3D you know, tickets either. I think I just have the regular tickets. But I'm assuming yeah. that if I love it, I will want to go and see it again. So if I love it, the second showing, I'll go see it in 3D. I'll agree with that. I could do that. Yeah, you feel, feel like that? Feel like that's good? Yeah, that, uh, I could survive with that. You can survive with that? Okay. I, I, okay. Right. So I will, yeah, so I will, te- since I'm going to see the movie before you are, I will text you and let you know whether or not I thought it sucked. How about that? No spoilers. No spoilers. No, I would never spoil. See, no spoilers. No spoilers. And by the way, if you are on my Twitter stream, don't be spoiling. No spoiling. You know, you know, I, I, I can give out one spoiler now. No spoilers. No, stop it. But, but, but everybody knows the spoiler. Well, then it's not really a spoiler. Okay, go ahead. The hand that plans to Leia. Wait, what did you say? The hand the Death Star plans to to someone on Leia's ship. Yeah, that's I. I okay, well, if we're, we're spoiling like that, guess what, guys? Darth Vader's in it. I, I, I can spoil one more. Many okay, Bothans did not die. <laughs> many Bothans did die. No, that's they in the second did. movie. Oh, that's in the second movie. Oh, many Bothans die. In the everybody, everybody thinks that it's the first one that they that that uh, they say many Bothans died, but no, Mon Mothma says it in the second movie. Oh, look at you dropping the Star Wars knowledge. That's fantastic. Okay. In honor of Rogue One, I do um, some Twitch game streaming. I am going to go play Knights of the Old Republic to the Sith Lords because I have not played it yet. So I'm gonna go uh, to you know what's really cool? You can play on. a really cool classic game um, based on the M- Age of Empires engine, which is Galactic Battlegrounds. Steam actually has fun. it for like $2 sale. Oh, can't go wrong. See, Steam has to stop doing that with those $2 and like, because then you like buy all the $2 games and you realize you spent like $50. Oops. Yeah, it happens. All right. Right. So, I know. <laughs> all right. So I am super stoked about our guest this evening. We are yeah, going I heard to he's have... time traveling. He's time traveling. Yeah, we got a we got a we got a freaking time traveler right going on tonight. Uh, we will be joined by Jason Quit. Um, he's going to talk about the book Forbidden Knowledge: Revelations of a Multi-Dimensional Time Traveler. So he's not just a time traveler; he's a multi-dimensional. Will he be here traveler. long enough to stay on the whole interview? I'm assuming so. I don't know how any of this works, but I love time travel. I love the idea of time travel. I also love the idea of multi, you know, multi dimensions. So I'm ready. Uh, I'm about right. it, and we'll I'll read his bio and all that good stuff when we get him on the line. So we have him. Um, if you have UFO news that you want to share with us, call in right now and give it to us. But remember that you have to obey the rules. And the last time Jackal and I went over the rules, there were like 897. But there's really only one you have to be sure that you like absolutely 100% follow. Other guy, tell him what it is. Be absolutely, utter friggingly interesting. Fascinating. I like I like interesting today. Let's switch it up. You like because you want to switch he's it up not today? here. Because and by the way, uh, uh, the reason I, uh, the reason Angel's not with us here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is because he is really, really under the weather. Um, he's got a swollen tongue. Uh, we don't know exactly what he did to it. 
to get it swollen, but um, should we speculate? You know, Can we speculate why he has a swollen tongue? Do we want to speculate on live on the show? No, we Do don't. We-, <laughs> we just don't want to speculate. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's swollen, it's infected. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully, it's not an STD. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> actually, you know, actually, that's. That's a really fascinating question. Here's here's an absolutely fascinating question for all our listeners <laughs> and you too. Can you get a STD on your tongue from putting your tongue where you mm. would get an STD mm. from? <laughs> Does it depend on the STD? Because I don't know. But we've that's already lost really somebody. Somebody question. has left the chat. I don't know if they don't. I don't think <laughs> some of our listeners do not approve of this conversation. Hey, whatever, guys. Blowing hookers. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name's Tina. <laughs> I had a swollen tongue once because it was literally because I got stung by a bee on my tongue. I don't I think made, that's what happened to Angel. I don't think that's what happened to Angel either. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's okay. We miss him and we love him and we, we hope that do. he feels better. And if you have a UFO news, please give us a call. The call in number is what is it, other guy? Do you know? Seven eight six something 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 yeah. something. <laughs> it's seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. The call in number is seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Remember that because when we have our guest on, I will let you talk to him. If you follow the rules, and if you don't follow the rules, I'll just pull the jackal and I'll just hang up on you. I'll do what jackal does when you don't sound good. Because if you don't sound good, jackal's like, no, goodbye, and that's it. And you just let's play stump the time traveler. Let's see what he has to say about Trump winning. And will he might have won, but will he get into office? That's the question that we all want to know for the time travelers. I know. (laughs) Does planet Earth make it? That's really what I want to know. Do we make it? Do we go? Do we go mess up another planet? All right, let's actually talk about some news because I do have some cool, some cool news. All right. Okay, I just want to know if we survive the Trump apocalypse. The Trump? I don't know if we're gonna survive. <laughs> whatever, you know what? At this point, I'm just like whatever. Uh, you know, I saw an orange hat that said "Make America Great Again," and it was from Wisconsin. And it was a cheese hat. Cheese heads. I love the cheese heads. The cheese heads are awesome. Okay. I wonder if the triangle shape of the cheese head has anything to do with UFOs. I don't know. Are there any Wisconsin people in the chat? Wisconsin people, answer our riddle. Does the square shape of the cheese hat have something to do with UFOs? Because every video game I've played, the cheese is always round. Why is your cheese square? Inquiring minds want to know. Because, And I know why. Because the cake me, is a lie. The cake is a lie. Get what everyone's after is at Nissan's Go Rogue right. year-end events I know what this and is. get year-end One sale. of these stupid articles that I am trying to get UFO news from is playing a video, and I don't know which one it is. And it's I'm going to see, dear websites and your freaking sounds, stop it. Just stop it. Just just stop it. It's driving me crazy. Anyway, other guy, I put a video, not a video, I put an article in the chat for you to check out. Go and look at it and tell me, do you think it's a UFO or is it Basquatch? Are these UFOs really trying to kidnap cats? I am waiting for it to come up. Okay. I, it's in the chat. I put it in the chat. I swear it did. Okay, hang on. I'm looking at uh, it. I put it there. Ex- come on. World experts. Snap picture of UFO. Yes. <laughs> I do. And you know what the problem is, Jackal? I literally have like 20, 20 taps up right now. Is Jackal on? No, he's in the chat. He's in the chat. Oh, he's in the chat. All right, oh, so. Okay. 
I literally is have he like explaining his tongue minutes. infection? No, he's is not, he but he's going to put a poll STD? up. He's going to pull a poll up on the site about the tongue STD. It's great. Okay. Yeah, and normally, I, I'm shocked it's coming through too because normally when you have tabs open, it'll pop up that little speaker and tell you like which of your tabs the sound is coming from. No, mine's trolling me. It's not even doing that. But anyway, world mm. expert snaps a picture of a UFO landing in a field to abduct cows for genetic material in Dawlish. And I have no idea where Dawlish is, guys. I am completely ignorant. Anything but to do with Dolly, the clone cow? I, I got nothing. Oh, no, that's the clone nothing. sheep. I'm sorry. That's the clone sheep. Yeah, get it right, other guy. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, so a Newton Abbott chief photographer for U- for world UFO photos has now spotted what he says is a Ford Transit-sized UFO landing in a field in Dawlish because aliens want to abduct cows to harvest their genetic material, which everybody has heard before about UFOs and livestock being slaughtered and all that. So that's new news. Um, I know, that's I'm utterly not, funny. Uh, yeah, it is utterly funny. I am not convinced this is a UFO, though, in either one of these pictures. What do you think, other guy? Um, I think the photo could be zoomed in. I don't know when it was taken. The color saturation looks a little bit off. Um, the clouds so seem too well-defined. So, something <laughs> just doesn't feel right with the photo. You feel like, okay. Or do, do you want to call Batsquatch on this photo? Um... I'm not there yet. You're not there. I'm looking. Yet. Oh, that's. I'm looking at the zoomed in photo. I'm looking at the zoomed out photo. Um, I see a little something in the water. Maybe that's a Loch Ness monster along with it. I mean, okay. I, I I don't know. All right. Um, I'm not going to call Bat Squatch because it's that far out in the on the horizon there. So. Okay. Yeah, but we're I can't. Not I can't sure dismiss if it's a UFO. It. Okay. You don't think maybe it's a drone? I mean, because where it lands. That one picture where you see like just this random object on okay, the Okay, if, if you're looking at the original photo and how far out that picture is, where that object is, that would be a huge, huge flipping drone. A huge drone. Oh, it would be huge. Okay, got it. Huge. Oh, got it. Got it, got it, got it. It would okay. be humongous. So I'm not going to dismiss it just yet. All right. So. Well, you would think By the way, guy, he's a chief photographer for world UFO photos. He'd have got a better picture. I'm just, I'm not judging, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's a, it, it's a little weird, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. By the way, did you see the other link that I sent you about Fox News covering the mysterious UFO uh, that was dish-shaped that crossed uh, over the moon's surface? Uh, oh, we know it's a lie. It came from Fox News. I said it. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> um, Fox News Science. Well, that's an oxymoron. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so <laughs> what do we have here? Alien hunters are convinced this huge, apparently dish-shaped UFO crossing the moon is yet more proof of extraterrestrial life. Mystery surrounds the object which appeared from out of the blue as the Miami Observatory in Florida streamed a feed of the lunar surface on December 3rd. The dark-shaped circle shadow is captured above the moon, sparking theories from a well-known UFO enthusiast that it is a craft created by an intelligent species. Scott C. Waring from UFO Sighting Daily says it's not a man-made object because there are not solar panel wings on it to gather energy. Uh-oh. There That's are a no fair ones. assumption. I, 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 I would seen, give I you that. I haven't seen the picture yet. Um, he also says there are no antennas on it for transmitting. Also, the surface is not completely round but has a rough edge to it. It looks like a biomechanically grown UFO. Hang on, i got to put this in the chat for our, for our listeners. 
take care of our listeners. There we go. Yeah, I'm running um, the video right now. It's video? a minute and 42 seconds. Right, and um, all I can say is, wow. Live streaming on the moon. Where do I see the object? When does the object pop into the video? You'll see. Right, it's coming. Watch this for a minute. Are we there yet? Are I we there yet? I want instant gratification. I want it now. Where is it? And the only reason, by the way, the um, the moon itself, is, there it goes. Where? It comes Where? by at about uh, 35 seconds. 30, okay, hang on. I'm on 26 seconds. The anticipation. Here we go. 31 seconds. 33. Oh, that's weird. I saw it. What is that? No, but what? Couldn't that just be like space debris, though? That perfectly rounded shape? Um, No. And really? uh, the way it's zooming across. Crap. I mean, it kind of just looked like it almost looked like dirt flying past the lens to me. But again, I don't know a lot about how you know stuff floats in space. No, right. and I'll tell you why it okay, wasn't dirt because it was shimmering just as much as the uh, moon surface was because of the atmospheric um, refraction. So I'm just going to have to say, yeah, that? that looks way too legit. Interesting. Okay. So we have there. a disc-shaped yeah. object that the other guy does not want to call Batsquatch on. What do you think, people yeah. in chat? And by the way, what's up, Divine Testicles? I see you. I know you there. Hello, DT. That's interesting. Divine okay, Testicles. We love Divine Testicles. I just love That's like, da, 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 I am Testicles. Nope, Short, nope, small, stop stubby it. brother nope, of Hercules. Nope, mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't go there. Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> so good job. We have apparently found a UFO flying over the moon. That's interesting. I wonder where it was going. Why didn't they follow it? Why didn't well, they follow it? Do you think because, maybe it's one and of I, ours? Here's, here's why. Because it was a probably pre-programmed track mm. of the camera. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it flew past when nobody was probably paying attention. And as they were reviewing it, they found it. Mm, interesting, interesting. These live feeds are dangerous. We keep finding UFOs. Like, what's, uh, you know? Cobalt tools Terrible are made for the big jobs. Like this and this. All right, so, um, what else What else do we got in the news? This. You had a this. I have to find what's making the noise. It's going to drive me crazy. Okay, what else do we no. have? I have... Yes. Where is it? Where? Where are you? Um, all right, so I have another video for you, and I'm quite curious as to what you think this is, because I have no idea. Like, this is just cool. Nope. That's oh my God, Sorry, cowboy. Come on, cut and paste it to me. Well, I'm ready. I cut and paste it to you. I did it. All right, Done. just check me. All right, hold on. Done. I'm bringing Done. it up. Done. Go look at it. Tell me. Calm the flippity flip down. Come on, come on, <laughs> calm down. A place no I can't. Right. So it's in a different language, but the video itself is amazing. And I'm just like, what is that? Is that CGI? Like, what are we looking at? I wish I could translate. Is that another thing over the Great CERN Collider? Is that what that is? I'm wondering. It's in French, it looks okay. like. I'm wondering if it's near the CERN Collider. Um I mean, because it's an. In I mean, I don't even know what the video is titled, but it's so interesting. Like, what is that? It is, is a glowing ends? cloud of maybe some unforeseen chemical in the air, thanks to chemtrails. Okay. Um, okay. it is um maybe a solar flare 
hitting during the daylight, really? creating an aurora borealis effect. Really? Um, that happened? You know, or a solar filament, not a solar flare, but a solar filament that uh, struck the atmosphere, the, the ionosphere. Okay. Um, it may be some... I don't know. Can I buy a vowel? Yeah, I mean, it just looks like something that's just, that will pop up in the Avengers. I'm wait, I was literally waiting for something to fly out of it. Oh, here's someone uh, in the um, statements in, in the comments saying, it's gas that's in the atmosphere that is merged with moisture on the oh. outside of the clouds, and based on the altitude, the sun refracting through it. Really? That's all it is, huh? That's, that's so anticlimactic when it's described like that. It looks so well, it does, you know, I mean, it, it, you look at the outside, it, it is a cumulonimbus cloud uh, that does contain moisture in it based on the shape of the cloud. Um, it could be just, you know, at that angle, it's sunset light hitting it, creating that orangey, pinkishy kind of a hue. That's pretty cool. That's oh, yeah, it's very cool. Absolutely. Five points for Mother Nature there by making something really pretty. Uh, yay, Mother Nature. Yay, Mother Nature. All right, I got one more. One more before we have our guest tonight, and this is actually pretty interesting. Uh, somebody was videotaping a motorcyclist doing some stunts, and in the sky behind him, apparently, there is a UFO flying by. Okay. All right, let's take a look at that one. I know. Take a look at that one. Another Wait. Uh, short video. Okay, hang on, though. All right, it's let's by see how UFO long. Vinny Disclosure. So you're watching this dude doing a cool stunt, and then there's something flying in the sky behind him, and I have no idea. It happens pretty quick, too. It's like 10 seconds. All right. He's so doing the big jumpity-flippity thing, and... and... Um... What is that? I no, see no point. Okay, I can't tell if that's before... I can't tell if that is in front of or behind the, um... The building, the 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 Chinese building. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm seeing the zoom in right now. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely not a drone. Okay, I'm saying no drone. Is it too big to no be a drone? drone? Why no I'm drone? thinking if it's behind the uh, depth-wise, if it's behind the uh, tr the building, mm -hmm. you know, in depth, and, yeah, because also it's wobbling a little bit, and you can actually see the surface. On the bottom of it, there's no propellers, no nothing. Right, right, right. That's interesting. Yeah. I think it's it, it's that ship from Flight of the Navigator. I you think, think that's it's that ship is. from Flight of the Navigator. That would be... that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. It was a great movie. Um, One of the best Disney uh, movies when it came to ufology. Yeah, it really was. Except, except for the band one. Do you know that, actually, Disney had done a disclosure video... In the 70s, you but it got lie. put and locked away in the Disney vault. What? They did a disclosure video? Oh my yeah. goodness. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't yeah, surprise me. Yeah. If, yeah, if it, Disney is weird. <laughs> and that's really the only way to describe Disney, especially when you like look at some of the videos where it talks about the hidden stuff inside Disney cartoons and all that kind of stuff. Disney's weird. No, the animators are weird. You know, they like getting caught. Animators are weird. That's true. That's true. I don't even talk about like the sexual stuff. There was like this one like Donald Duck video that had like a whole bunch of Illuminati symbolism in it. It was just weird. Disney's just okay. Weird. I found the link for this one. The Disney band, uh, the lost, uh, the lost Walt Disney. Um... I I think I want to go into the Disney Vault 
more like the most. Like out of all the secret places that you can go into, I really want to go into the Disney Vault. Yeah, the original video was done in fifty five in nineteen ninety five. Why are you? And... I'm on air, Seth. I can't watch the video now. Can't you okay, be like, sorry okay. guys, we're just gonna watch it, the it, video. Everybody's beat. It's forty two minutes. I mean, we could do. It's a good filler. <laughs> We gotta have to talk to the guest too. We can't just watch the video. Oh, do we have to? We have to. Yeah, no, he's gonna. Maybe he could time travel and come back earlier in the show <laughs> after we watch the video. I'm so excited. You have no idea. You have no idea. It's going to be awesome. This is good. So, any other news, other guy for us? Where are you? Where are you tonight? Are you home? Are you in a hotel room? Uh, oh, I am home tonight. I am not home okay. tomorrow. I see Rogue One Thursday, okay. mm-hmm. then I am in Naples, Florida for a good couple of days. Okay. Well, you enjoy that. Yep. I, I'm on my hiring spree oh, to, okay. you know, get more Okay, so he's not going to try to sell us anything tonight, you guys, but if you would like to work with the other guy, how does someone get in touch with you? Well, you should give out the number for the show. 786-something-something-something. Oh, 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 we're, something, 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 we're not doing something, live interviews to your boring business on the UFO show. I'm just saying. Okay, if if you are listening to this show, you could either <laughs> send an email to the show or in the chat room tonight, you could put your phone number and your email address and Crystal will cut and paste it to me for me to follow up with you. Only if you have a cool screen name like Divine Testicles. If you don't, I'm not going to cut and paste the phone number to give to the other guy. Tasty Testicles? That's no? okay. Yeah, I mean, no. That's kind of like, you kind of expect somebody to call themselves that, you know? Okay, how about Scrum Diddlyumptious Testicles? I mean, it's okay. I'm not, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, again, kind of, what you know, I could see that. I could see somebody naming their testicles that. Just saying. I know. Gerbil pleaser. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good, that's <laughs> Can you imagine somebody who just turns on our show right now? Like, literally at that moment, turned on the show. <laughs> okay. Um, I swear to God, we go, talk about you. Gopher Hunter. No, not as good. See, you, I, think, I, think you hit, I think you hit win, and we're not going to, and then everything after that is just going to fall short. Gerbil pleaser. Okay. Yeah, gerbil pleaser for the win. Yeah. Okay. So gerbil pleaser and twat waffler now my two favorite words of the day. That's it. Okay. Wait. 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 Okay. Okay. Should we teach everybody a new nursery rhyme that they'll have fun trying no. to give to other no, people? No, we should not. No, we should not. Come on, it's that, really, we, no, really easy. No, we're, no, we're not. We're gonna go on break. We're not gonna do no, it. No, gonna no, 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 no. Really stop easy. it. Stop it's, it. No. Come on. All right. Fine. Go. Come on. It. It. it okay. Everybody, say this after me. I'm not the fig plucker. Come on, say I want to be Crystal. Oh, I have to actually have to say it along. Okay, I'm not oh, the yeah. fig plucker. I'm not the fig plucker's son. I'm not the fig plucker's son. But I can pluck figs. But I can pluck figs. Till the fig plucker comes. 
no, I'm not. Okay, we're done. See, this is why I wasn't. <laughs> why I wasn't going to let you say that. Okay. Come on, you can do it. If the guest answers the phone after listening to the first thirty minutes of that show of our show, we will be back with the amazing Jason Quit, and we're going to talk about his phenomenal book. And I'm super. I've got like a million questions, and we. Have yeah, I, I'm a little bit stoked on this one. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. We're going to talk about his book, Forbidden Knowledge: Revelations of a Multi-Dimensional Time Traveler. He also co-wrote the book with Bob Mitchell. We will be right back after the break. Do not go anywhere because it's Skywatchers Radio right here on the public streaming network. We'll be right back. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Supermanhomepage.com. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or... No. Holy s***. <laughs> that was the... Yeah. Yeah. Ten seconds of... Uh, no. What are you that tra- was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst f***ing denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. And we're back. Welcome, everybody, to Sky Watchers Radio. I am Crystal, a.k.a. DCS, a.k.a. Woo Woo. I am here with the other guy and our guest, 
Jason quit. So I'm going to read Jason's bio from our page because it sounds absolutely fascinating. And then we're going to dive right into it. He wrote Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Travel. It tells his story of his life, including his pre-birth memories, his astral world time traveling, his numerous reincarnations throughout the universe, and his healing work as a multidimensional being set to Earth in this lifetime to help raise the consciousness of humanity. The book has been a among the top-selling books in Amazon's UFO. The world is full of surprising and moments. Why? 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 What is the They're noise? everywhere. Where is it coming from? Where is it coming And as a Marriott Rewards member... Hang on, you guys. Close all my internet browsers. I'm closing them all. I'm closing them all. <laughs> all right, anyway. What are you closing? Any, I'm closing all my internet browsers so the stupid ads stop playing. Uh... Anyway, as I was saying, his book has been among the top-selling books in Amazon's UFO and spirituality category since its release in March of 2016. Since its release, um, Mitchell, his co-author, and Quit have been interviewed on just about every late-night talk show in North America and have also been on shows in South Africa and England. They've attended several conferences, including Canada's premier UFO event and the Alien Cosmic Expo. Quit thank Jason, thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited. So, Jason, that was a lot I just read. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I know, and just, just hearing that, I'm thinking, you know, what a responsibility. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Have, have that behind your name. Jeez. I know, I know. So, I mean, you know, let's kind of start at the beginning. You, I mean... You know, did you, as a child, did all of a sudden you just realized you were astral projecting? Did it start with the time traveling? Did it start with, you know, you understanding how to do healing work? Just where where did your journey begin? Yeah, no, it it really started, um, like, my first memories um, of, I, I would say, being a child is I remember um, being able to choose my parents and view them before I came into this physical reality. Now, does everybody actually have that choice, or you just have had that choice? I I just assumed that you know that was the process. <laughs> you know, it, was, it wasn't really taught to me. I just thought that that was a normal memory. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, um, I got to go into this little theater type of place and. I got to view my uh, uh, parents through this portal and see them um, in different parts of their life. And the next thing I knew, I was uh, here. Wow. Wow. Now, did they show you uh, – Did the, I, I'm, I'm really curious about that because that's, I, I'm kind of the woo-woo of the group. So it's not the first time that I've heard being able to choose kind of who you get to – hang out with when you when you decide to kind of manifest in a body down here on earth now were you given do you do you remember that you were given multiple choices or it was kind of like you saw these people and you were like they're cool i'm gonna go down it was almost like they said now it's time to choose your parents and so i remember that very clearly and i still remember that and then i went through this tiny door (laughs) into this big room that was like a, a theater and it was almost like this portal opened up in the theater and I got to view through it. And it's almost like I, I knew instantly that these were the people I chose. Wow. So I didn't see any other choices, but there was like a knowing that these were the ones that I chose already. 
Mm-hmm. And that's how... Okay. So I don't really... Re- yeah, so... I don't remember anything before that. I just remember that and then coming through. And I remember when I first started to talk, um, I would frequently tell my mother, um, aren't you happy that I chose you to be my mother? And she, you know, she obviously thought that's just something cute that her child would say to her. Right. Uh, right. It was, it was coming directly from that memory. Wow, that's uh, that's a heck of a memory to have. Now, do you remember anything else about the room that you were in, just just theater like in Portal? Um, the the truth is is that it reminded me of an airport. It's the only way I could describe it. It was uh, very long hallways, mm-hmm. and I was with many other children. Like when I was walking down these hall, I wouldn't say walking. When I was, it was almost like I was in a baby's form. So I was crawling down these hallways and there was hundreds of children around me just walking down these hallways with me. And then it was, um, there were many ladies there and the only way I could describe them is looking like, uh, airline stewardess (laughs) and they were kind of directing the traffic of these babies. And then one kind of signaled to me and said, you know, come down this hallway and they led me to some very tiny door and opened it and said, now it's time to choose your parents. And they ushered me through that uh, doorway. And that's where I had that experience. But it, it did remind me of um, being in an airport. And I'm guessing that it's something that I could relate to in the human world, I would say. Wow. All right. That's, that's a heck of a memory to have. Okay, so you have this memory of being able to choose your parents, and then what happens next? What, what, what's the next big thing in your life? Because you, you've got a lot. That, 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 that's, a, that's a big resume you've got there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, growing up as a small child, I had a lot of uh, paranormal experiences, and they would all start uh, when I would go to sleep. So when I'd start to go to sleep, I'd start to have um, visitations, I would say. And for me, it was almost like, um, I would say, ghost visitations. So, I, you know, I'd always be scared of what's in my closet, and I always close my closet door at night, or else I couldn't go to sleep. And then, you know, in the middle of the night, the closet door opens up, and clear as day, I can see somebody standing inside of it. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not okay. So I would be... Was it a clown? Tell me it was a clown. Mm-mm, it's wrong. It's, it's worse. It's wrong. It, it it's looked worse. like... Uh, the only way I could describe it was like a scarecrow. Oh, it almost no. looked like a, a dehydrated person. That's very strange. <laughs> very, very spooky to be a little kid looking at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this thing in the closet um, would routinely, I would say, knock me out of my sleep state. And basically he would take me into the basement of the house and he'd show me a coffin. And they'd open the coffin up and 
it was like the same kind of dehydrated person. Um, and basically he was just kind of showing me that maybe he's dead or that was him. And some experiences I remember is, um, it was almost like he was showing me his life or the time period that he lived in. And it was like in my area where the house was, but I didn't recognize it. It was like um, a farmer's field with uh, maybe corn or some type of crop growing. Um, so, and, and this is not the first time it's happened in my life. And, you know, it's even happened recently where um, a, a deceased person or someone would come to me and then they'll want to show me their life or show me where they came from. I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine. I would be traumatized for life by that. Uh, <laughs> so you sound remarkably well adjusted to have had those experiences. Was there any? I mean, did you did you find out any kind of you know rhyme or reason as to why you were being shown what you were being shown? No, and I think it was. Um, I I always think it's just part of the training because I started to have past life recall very early. I would say my first past life experiences came back around the ages of uh, three or four years old. Um, so I was very, very young. And a lot of these uh, past life experiences uh, were very gruesome. And I don't know why a lot of my past life experiences, they usually just show me I relive death. Do you hear me, or am I breaking? Yes, no, up? I do. No, no, you're. I, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're kind of, you're a little, you're a little fuzzy, but we can still hear you. So go ahead. Okay, so I, a lot of these uh, past life experiences were, um, I got to view my death. So, as a very young child, I got to witness um, very horrific things that I, I didn't really understand. And when I would, you know, run crying to uh, my parents. Um, they would just tell me that it's a nightmare. It's completely normal. And everybody has... Keep on going. So, um, I just kind of brushed it off as, okay, this is completely normal. Everybody has these things, and they're called nightmares. Wow. Now, when did you realize they kind of weren't nightmares? When did, you know, when did you go from, you know, listening to your parents kind of, you know, coddle a child and tell them it's okay, you know, the monster in your closet isn't really real? I mean, were you kind of as an adult and all of a sudden it was like, boom, <laughs> oh my God, I was really experiencing these things or, you know, did it happen well, as a child? Was it gradual? It was, it was gradual. Uh, like I remember when I was 11 years old, so I'm still pretty young and I remember, um, being in a new school and making new friends. And one of my new friends, um, I had a complete past life memory of us come right back to me. And um, I was so excited to have this person as a friend again because of who we were in another life. So I remember, you know, running up to them in school and saying, don't you remember me? Like, don't you remember who we were in a past life? <laughs> See, for me, that was, like, completely <laughs> normal. It was, like, I didn't even have to know any of these concepts. It was it was already inside of me. So, wow. you know, I'm, I'm trying to explain to this other kid 
our life together and what we did and who we were. And, you know, they just kind of raised their eyebrow at me. (laughs) (laughs) So they're looking at you like you're completely crazy. And you're like, what? We rolled together back in like 1973, dude. Like, come on. Exactly. That's what it was like. And, and they, they just kind of, I, I don't think that he believed me at first, but you know, he still remains a good friend of mine. So wow. even after this time, there's something that's, you know, keeping our friendship together. And I think it's because we've had very strong past lives together. That's, uh, that's serious. That's, that's, <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine just running up to somebody and be like, don't you remember me from back? Now, what were these past lives? Can, can you, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. I mean, were we just general, just, you know, you know, non-boring, just regular lives together, like back in the fifties or sixties? I mean, no. how far back did these go? Uh, well, this one in particular with when I was 11 years old, um, what I witnessed was that we were, uh, knights. And that we were, um, very elite knights that were protecting this king. So this, I don't even know if it was this planet, you know, if it was this planet, it would be, uh, sometime in the Middle Ages, I would guess. And, um, basically what happened is that someone said that we were plotting against the king, which wasn't true. Um, and basically the king gave us two options, which was, to be executed there on the spot or uh, to fight each other to the death. And we chose to fight each other to the death. Yeah. So we chose to fight each other to the death and, um, and we were like best friends back then too. So it was a hard decision, but uh, basically before the fight, he said that he couldn't kill me and he'd like for me to kill him. Uh, So we agreed upon that. And I remember that whole fight and exactly how I killed him. And <laughs> so imagine an 11 year old saying, Hey, don't remember me. I killed, I killed you in a past life. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a heck of a conversation starter. Right. Are you, so, uh, are you particularly good with a sword this lifetime? I'm always curious if that information carries over. I, I would say I was very drawn to it, but, uh, never pursued it. Interesting. And now, was there more than one lifetime that you had with this guy? Was it back Middle Ages? Did we go, you know, further back from the Middle Ages, you know? I would think that um, there would be many, but that's the only one that's come through. And did he have any kind of familiarity with this at all? Like when you kind of told him the story, did he feel, you know, any kind of, yeah, maybe you're telling the truth? Or was it, you're kind of crazy, but you're cool, so we can still be friends? Um probably both okay (laughs) that's fair it's a fair reaction but the the interesting thing about this individual is that um you know in that life they were a very elite fighter and in this life they're exactly the same like he's been in martial arts his whole life and he's Mm -hmm. even an mma fighter so uh, he's still doing the same thing that he did back then Mm. wow interesting okay 
So you had strange paranormal experiences as a child, and this is before that you remember picking your parents. And then, you know, going to school, you're meeting people, and you're realizing that you've had past lives with these people. Where do we go from there, Jason? Because already, I'm again, I'm so impressed that you're a well-adjusted adult. That's <laughs> <laughs> such well, a nice way of putting it. Thank you, thank you. Well, um, I would say that um, things really didn't get rolling until – uh, my early twenties. And that's when I started to have sleep paralysis. And I think sleep paralysis is a, a catalyst to a lot of things. Uh, but for me, it was happening, um, almost every single night. I would, uh, get woken up in the middle of the night by something, but my body would be completely frozen and my mind would be completely conscious. And basically, I'd just be kind of yelling in my head to wake up and not being able to move, which is not a fun experience. Does not sound uh, like it, no. No, I don't think anybody no. who's, I think, you know, we've all experienced some level of sleep paralysis, some more extreme than others, and it sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. So, so what made this uh, terrifying is that um, it happens so often but I can feel something walking around the room while I'm in this state. So there is this extra fear factor where I didn't know what was going on. It's like I knew there was something in the room with me. I can feel it walking into the room. I can feel it walking around me. And I couldn't do anything about it. So, you know, one night I just had enough. And I was just like screaming in my body and I'm just trying to like wake myself up. And I was shaking so hard to try to move my body that I actually popped myself out of my body. So I, I, I rose up and had this outer body experience and I can see myself laying in the bed. And standing at the foot of my bed was a very tall being and it just looked like a giant shadow, a very dark shadow but it was definitely a figure standing at the uh the foot of my bed and when this happened it was like this was beyond any type of dream it was like it was so real that i thought that i just killed myself <laughs> you know wow i shook so hard that i just now i'm dead and there's the grim reaper standing at the foot of my bed right so yeah, I, I would be a little flipped out on that yeah, so that really kind of messed with me and, and scared me. Um, and it, it terrified me so much that it, I got sucked right back into my body and woke up with my you know heart pounding, obviously. And I knew at that moment that what I witnessed or what I experienced was definitely not a dream. Um, and the strange thing was is that after that experience, it was almost like it opened a door for me. Um, that's the only way I could describe it is that after that experience, I never had sleep paralysis again. I never saw or see, I've never experienced that being again, but now it opened up this door where I can leave my body. And, you know, they say, um, well, I would say it was curiosity. It's like okay. I got a taste of this world 
that we shouldn't be have access to. And I wanted to go there again. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm a little crazy, but <laughs> I, it, I, it was just so interesting to me that there is a reality beyond the physical reality. Right, right. And I, and I got to be there and experience it, and I knew it was real. And now, okay, how do I go and do that again? And okay. I found that I could, it almost like a meditated state, I could put my body to sleep at night and keep my mind awake. Mm-hmm. And once I, I knew my body was asleep, then I would, I would just kind of shake myself out of it. Like the body was just a shell. Mm. And you just separate your, your consciousness or separate this other body that's inside your body or this dimensional or astral body. And once you free yourself and you just pop out and you're kind of floating around your bedroom, um, some things start to change in your life <laughs> once you start to do this. I can, <laughs> I can imagine. I feel like you were almost groomed for this because of all your previous experiences. So creepy guy at the bottom of your bed, you're just like, that's just a typical day for poor Jason. Um <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> now, how do things look once you? Because I have so many questions about astral projection. And so, how do things look once you pop out of the body? I mean, do you? Because one of the reasons I asked this look is anything because like the movie Doctor Strange. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's a great movie. You should see that. I mean, because you know the eyes are kind of our you know our camera, but the brain is processing all this information. So there's been you know lots of speculation and talk about the eyes are seeing more than we can process. So now that you no longer have those restrictions, I'm assuming because you're now astral projecting, how does your bed? How different does your bedroom look? Uh, Well, first you don't have eyes when you astral travel. Um, It's basically a 360 view. Uh, so it's a different type of sight. And um, what I found uh, really interesting about that type of vision is that you could zoom in and out of things. So if there was something at – oh, by the way, it's like once you leave um, or when I leave, uh, my first perception of the bedroom is uh, exact copy of my bedroom. There's no difference. So it's almost like you're just – the only difference is you. So I'm not in a body. Um, I don't see a body. Like people uh, say there's an astral body. It looks like the physical body. For me, it was just energy or just consciousness. I could try to look down and see my hands, which is very difficult to do. Um, and when I do look down and try to look at my hands, um, it just looks like... Um, uh, I want to say space, (laughs) but it's almost like like a shadow outline with lights going through it. I can't really describe it too well. It's very strange. Um, And then, uh, so let's say I'm out of my body in my room. Um, I can look at different objects in my room and zoom in and out of them. And um, I don't even have to leave my body to do this i can actually if i put my body to sleep in a certain state and keep my mind active um i understand how how these uh mystical gurus can see with their eyes closed because you're not using your physical eyes sight so sometimes when i go to sleep and i'm in the right state i can actually look outside my body and look around my room while i'm still 
um, asleep or physically in my bed. That's freaky. That's cool, but that's freaky. Well, so, it, it helps. Please continue. If it helps if uh, there's something in the room with you that you can't see with your physical eyes. Because then you can see them and figure out what to do in those situations. <laughs> uh, so, okay, hang on. I'm going to rewind that back up. So you're saying that what it's it helps if you actually see another astral projector, something else there when you do this? Yep. Like that actually helps? Really? Because that would freak me out. Well, that okay, would... so I'll, I'll expand on that point a little. Let's say that you're sleeping in bed and you feel something in your room and but you open your eyes and nothing's there okay so you got that real creepy feeling right okay so now let's say you're you're sleeping and you feel something in your room and it sits on your bed and you could feel the bed kind of indent like something sitting on there does that ever happen to you yes i will yes yeah not the okay. bed and not the bed thing but i have that that creepy feeling that there's something in your room with you yeah definitely Okay. So if you open your eyes, there's nothing there because you're using your physical sight. But what if you can see with your third eye or your astral or dimensional eye, whatever you want to call it, and then you can, you know, so I'm still in bed with my eyes closed and sleeping, but I can almost pop my head out of my head and look around the room, and now I can see what that thing is walking around my room. Hmm. And what is step two besides freaking out? I mean, because I mean, you, you <laughs> so like, so now that I'm looking at this thing, well, let me, let's find out what you do. Like, have you explored, do you know, how many times this happened to you where, you know, you've, you know, sent something else in your room, maybe not the shadowy figure, but something else. Um, and you know, you followed it. Tell us, tell us, tell us about your actual, you know, kind of projection uh, adventures, if that's even the right word. Sure. Well, <laughs> it's happened hundreds of times or, or countless times. Um, all different types of beings. Um, usually, um, they're not there for your best intentions. Um, that's why I say like the astral world is not the most friendliest place. But, um, what I do is, um, I could use my consciousness and energy to, um, get rid of them pretty fast. Um, but, you know, it really takes that awareness of, you know, what they're trying to do or, or what's going on in the situation. Can you expand upon that a little bit, too? I mean, because we've got there's – a, there's a gentleman in the chat, too, who has actually also had some, some kind of uh, freaky kind of, uh, you know, abrupt kind of sleep paralysis. And then all of a sudden he had an out-of-body experience. So he's kind of listening. So, you know – and you're saying that that you just you know you kind of walk around freely and there's not nice things in this world and you just kind of get rid of them. How do you do that? Um, honestly, it, it just takes a lot of um, what through through. First of all, I've been doing this for a very long time, mm -hmm. and I've actually been taught on the other side how to to strengthen myself. And what you have to do is you have to strengthen your will and your consciousness and your energetic bodies. Um, because they really use our energy against us. So there will be entities or things on the other side that will um, manipulate um, our energies and our thoughts 
and they'll use that to uh, pull energy from us. Not new. Have heard that before. Yeah, have, have uh, definitely heard that before. Now, you say that you encountered someone who taught you. How did how did that work? Did you just meet them? Did they come to you? Were you kind of just wandering around? It took quite a while. Okay. So I had to kind of uh, go through a lot of garbage first <laughs> before um, uh, before someone or something or some group of beings came and started to um, guide me. And um, what happened was is that when I first started to leave my body, um, things would... I would say beings would come into my room in the middle of the night and just literally yank me out. It's almost like, okay, this this one's ready. He's left his body. He's aware. Um, let's take him. <laughs> wow. They never, they never talked to me. Uh, they never communicated with me in any way. Um, they just simply would come at night, pull me out of my body, and they would uh, shoot me out into outer space. And I could see the planet. And what they would do is they would direct me down to a point on the planet and just drop me off. And um, when I would get to that location, I would quickly realize that this isn't the planet that I am familiar with. So it's Earth, but it's not anything that was recognizable to me. And this is where this whole concept of uh, multidimensional time travel or astral time travel came from, was because um, I was being dropped off in different time zones or different timelines and just left there to observe um, what was happening in that scene. And when they, when I was done seeing what I was supposed to see, they'd come back for me, pick me up, take me back into outer space, and then shoot me back down into my body. So those were the um, the first type of experiences that started to happen to me um, once I made that step into leaving my body. I'm like trying to process this because like my brain is exploding. So, you know, you have this scary out-of-body experience where you accidentally do it and you start astral projecting and you see this being. And then after that, you're like, I got to find out what's going on. So you start you know, kind of teaching yourself how to do it. And then yeah. you start wandering around yourself. And now that you're wandering around, the powers that be, whoever they are, realize that you're there. And now they're just literally, I mean, they're just hijacking you when you go to bed. Like you go to bed, you're trying to do your astral projects thing, and then you just get jacked in the middle of it and just taken somewhere. Basically. Wow. And what are they showing you? Um... Well, the first things that they showed me, it was almost like, uh, um, just almost like, um, Armageddon type cataclysm events. Um, you know, really awful stuff. Um, that, you know, a lot of it I, I don't really repeat because I don't really want to spread that awareness. Okay. Now, <laughs> but, is that happening so, on this planet or other planets they're showing it to you on? Th this planet. Okay. So, um, and for me, you know, um, I, I did see, um, military type things, 
Um, so I got to see, you know, weaponry and, and tanks and, and different types of soldiers, uh, in different events. So I knew that this was a, a modern, uh, warfare. It was not anything that was in the past. So I just assumed that what I was viewing was in the future because it was just, um, something that's not happened yet on this planet. So basically what happened is um, I really didn't like my new ability uh, because these were very traumatizing events. And basically they would just put me in the middle of a situation and I would just be an observer. So I'd observe uh, whatever was going on. And usually it was, um, you know, things people would see uh, in the field. Um, so I would come back literally shaking and almost have like uh, post-traumatic stress just by being in these environments. Um, and you can't uh, tell anybody what you're experiencing because um, even I know they're incredibly crazy. <laughs> yeah. And nobody will understand. Um so I just kind of begged and almost, you know, I started to pray for the first time in my life, uh, saying, you know, don't take me. I don't want to do this anymore. This is not fun. Right. <laughs> and it did stop. It actually did stop. And, but something else started to come. So, um, new beings would come and I still wouldn't be able to really see them or view them. The only ones that I saw, they were, um, they looked like Jedis, honestly. <laughs> um, they wore robes and their face would be covered. I couldn't see their face. It was just a shadow, but they were wearing these, uh, robes that you would see like a Jedi wearing. And they would come and would, uh, talk to me about past lives. They talked to me about, um, you know, what's going on on the planet. Um, and most importantly, they were trying to teach me about how to protect and heal myself. So, um, you know, I, I listened to them. I, I took their teachings and I started to uh, practice what they were telling me. And it really gave me a lot of uh, guidance for when different beings would come to visit me or I'd leave my body or if I got attacked. Um, gave me a lot of teaching on how to defend myself. You're a real trooper, Jason, because I would not be astral projecting at all. Like, right. I mean, the, the, the guy in the shadow would have done it for me. Shadow man would have been it for me. But then after that, you continued even after you were getting jacked and then you still did it. And then you finally met the good guys, which is that's that that's very interesting. Now, did they had, you know, these these rope figures, did they give you any reason as to, you know, who was taking you and showing you all the destruction and why you were seeing it? Did you get any of those questions answered? Nothing. Did you ask and they just say you're beat? Like how, did that, <laughs> like, how did that go? You know, the truth is, is that when these experiences happen, um, I just basically shut up and listened. I don't ask any questions. <laughs> it's it, it's a very strange thing. It's like when these beings come to you, none of them introduce themselves. It's like they just, they're there and then they start to communicate. 
And it's not a physical voice. It's your voice in your head, and it's a telepathic communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, asking one of these beings, you know, what's their name and why are they here? And they gave me a look like, you don't know who I am? <laughs> like, it was just a very confused look. And then I learned just, you know, they come, they give a message, and then the experience is over, and the information I use to better my life. Interesting. All right, so and, I have a question on that, but I, I want to, real yeah. quick from the chat room, um, Benjamin wants to know um, if during your astral projection travels, if you've seen the tall, wrinkled old man in a hat visit him, uh, MIB-like, not quite human, and well, let's start with that. Have you seen this person before? Uh, no. And no, it's very strange because okay. many people ask that question. Really? So apparently yeah. this guy is, is familiar in the astral yes. projection world. Interesting. Uh, I'd have to ask you then, kind of follow up to that question because maybe have you heard if they, if this, um, you know, this tall, wrinkled old man has asked other people, um, and if so, uh, was it when he was really young and did it wake him and say, we need your help? Have you heard of that? No, I haven't heard. Interesting. Unique experience for you, Benjamin, but other people have seen him before. That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So, go ahead. That's the thing is that um, a lot of these astral experiences, um, there, I've I've had so many emails from people that have said that they've experienced the identical situation that I was in. So I'm learning that there are so many people out there that are having this experience, and. What I was told from these beings is that there's millions of people that are going through this right now. It's it's not a small number. Wow. I can't imagine. I can't uh, – I mean, well, at least I hope they're meeting the Jedis and not the, the creepy tall man or the other people who are just jacking you and showing you the worst of humanity. That, that's horrible. <laughs> so I, I really think that it's, it's part of the training. And you've said that before, and so let's go into that a little bit. You know, what what is this training that you're talking about? The training is how to navigate other dimensions and how so to hold you, your own. So you think being scared crapless as a kid with, with the creepy scarecrow in your closet and then being shown kind of, you know, having to navigate the astral, you know, plane by yourself until, you know, you finally met the Jedis, that that – is kind of just, and that's all part of training on just, you know, it's kind of like trial by fire, basically. Basically. Because it's almost like, um, you know, I'm looking back at this because this has been going on for a long time, is that it's almost like I've been put into very difficult situations and they never went too far. So... You know, a lot of the situations I thought I would never come out of, but I'm still here. Yeah. So it never, it never went to that limit that I couldn't come back from. And it taught me, you know, how, you know, what, like I can't get into all the situations because it's so varied, but it's almost like, um, 
let's say, an entity is trying to um, suffocate me, okay, how am I going to get out of that situation? Let's say that entity is trying to literally um, push me out of my body so that it can come and take over my body. How do I defend from that? You know, and um, a lot of it really has to do with the mind and having strong inner will. It's almost like if you know, a hundred percent, you know that they can't do this to you. They have no chance of hurting you. Then they can't. But once your mind starts to get weakened and you get freaked out and fearful that this thing is attacking you, the more fear you get, the more this thing could hurt you. You know, the more you're opening the door for these things. So it's, there's this very like counterintuitive thing that, you know, your first reaction is fear and anger and all these emotions. And that will actually um, make the experience worse. So it's almost like you have to learn how to train yourself. So when these situations happen, you have to know how to feel, how to think. Um, how would you react in those situations to make it end or to um, get rid of it very quickly? That's interesting. That's also a very that's, – that's a serious catch-22. It's, it's almost unfair. You know, almost yeah. the, I would imagine the first reaction is fear, and that's the one thing you can't do. Have you ever had any um, – a, a leftover scarring from any of your experiences, like you know, like you said, you know, your being is trying to suffocate you. You wake up and you've got a bruise on your neck. Anything like that ever happen? Um, yeah, well, like a long time ago, um, you'd have some physical marks if you're fighting something. But um, I've had worse than physical marks. Um, you know, I've nearly died a couple times and had some real physical things happening to me where um, basically my body was just falling apart. Like literally my skin was falling off. Like, and I don't want to get into those stories, but um, there are some pretty bad hits I've taken um, by going down this route. But like I said, it's all part of the training. You never thought to maybe pick up a book on astral projection and do it that <laughs> You're hardcore, Jason. That was, you know, I think that's left over from your night training back in the day. You're like, whatever, just throw yeah. me in the ring and I'll just do it. The the thing that, well, like I said, I, I didn't really have, I, I'll say I didn't really have a choice. Um, it's almost like once uh, I started to go through this awakening process, it just didn't stop. It, it's like the door was open and now I was going through it no matter what. So I I, I would think that if I would have closed the door on it, um, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Really? Yes. I don't think I'd be here physically. Wow. All right. So we went from, you know, you, you, you know, you, 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 you've, 
kind of mastered the astral plane here. Um, you know, you're talking to the good guys, and they're and they're teaching you things that you're using to better your life. Uh, let's get into a little bit about you know. Can you share a couple of those things? What what they are that they that they shared with you that maybe you're sharing with other people or something that would help anybody else who's listening who wants to kind of you know follow you into the out of body you know experience world. Yeah, and just to let the listeners know that you know when I started to get this information, this was pre YouTube, so I couldn't just YouTube or Google it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had to I had to kind of research and figure out if what I was getting was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they started off the teachings were very simple. Uh, started off simple. Uh, they started to talk about the food and the water, and saying that you know the food and water is basically dead and full of chemicals and toxins, and um, it's destroying us. And we have to uh, try to eat the the freshest, most organic food and water we can and uh, if we can't we have to learn how to uh, cleanse and change the food and water energetically so that was like the first teaching and after that they were um, teaching about um, electromagnetic radiation about what's being placed through our atmosphere and through our bodies and through our houses and um, you know the coming with the, the cell phones and the cell phone towers and how that is going to affect us and what it's going to do to us on a cellular level and how it's going to change our, our brain rhythms. Um, you know, that was pretty scary stuff back then for me to learn mm-hmm. uh, because I had no concept of any danger of any of these things. You know, I was completely ignorant to any of this. And, you know, I literally had to go search the Internet using, like, uh, AOL and Yahoo to try to oh, AOL <laughs> back in yeah. the day <laughs> in the day trying to figure out if anybody else is talking about this stuff mm-hmm. so it's like I was getting these teachings on the other side and then I come back and I'm trying to research to see who else is discussing this stuff and um, what else ah there's a, a lot of influence from the astral. Um, there's many different multidimensional beings um, that influence and use our consciousness against us. Um, so there's all this type of manipulation. And then they started to say that you had to heal yourself. This is the most important thing you have to do in this life is you have to heal yourself and you have to strengthen your energetic bodies and... Um, the way they taught me how to do this was by uh, practicing uh, Qigong. So I was I started to go out and learn about Qigong, which is uh, ancient Chinese uh, postures and movements. Mm-hmm. And I practiced them religiously for a year. Um, I didn't feel a thing, but I knew <laughs> I had to do it. Right, right. And basically, well, hey, it's after really a good year, exercise. Yeah, but, you know, because I was told you have to do this, I, I did it. Like, you know, I'm, this is, it's not like uh, a school teacher telling you to do your homework. For me, this was like a life and death situation. Mm-hmm. So um, I was practicing all the time, and it took about a year of practice until I could actually feel energy start to move through my body. Like, I could feel it like it was a physical thing going around me and inside me. 
Uh, and that just blew my mind that, you know, now I could actually feel energy. Uh, but it took a lot of practice before I could actually feel it. And what really um, started to awaken me was uh, I was at a health show and there was a booth selling these things called pharaoh cylinders. And there was a picture of a pharaoh um, standing with these cylinders in his hands. And for some reason, I just got so drawn to this image and I couldn't understand why this person was holding these cylinders. And I, I grabbed these cylinders and once I put them in my hands, I felt this big surge of energy hit me in the stomach and it was almost like a fire was ignited in my solar plexus and stomach area. And I knew that whatever these were, they were very powerful. They were very powerful tools. And I, I bought them and I, I took them home and I started to practice with them, uh, with my Qigong and my journey changed again at night. So at nighttime, I would be taken back to Egypt. So I started to time travel to, I would say, uh, previous lives. And I would be back in the temple in Egypt and I was being taught these different postures using these cylinders and other hand positions um, by different pharaohs. And when I would, they, they never communicated with me, which is the strangest thing. They would just stand in the room. They would stand in the posture that they were going to teach me. And all I would do is stand in front of them and copy the posture. And when I would do this, it was almost like something opened up above my head. And it was like, pouring this I could the only way I could describe it is like liquid fire. It was like a waterfall of liquid fire would go through my body. And I feel every cell in my body vibrating. It was very intense. And when I would wake up from these astral journeys, I'd still be in my bed in these postures, still vibrating. And when I would cut the posture suddenly the energy would just shut off. And for me, this was like mind-blowing. And I just couldn't believe how much power came from these postures that I started to compile everything that they were teaching me. And then I went to all these different libraries and, and books, <coughs> excuse me, bookstores. And I made photocopies because there's I found hundreds and hundreds of statues standing in these very strange postures. And once I filed it all, I brought it to my cousin, who's um, an actual Qigong teacher and a very uh, gifted psychic and channeler. And I, I told her what was happening to me, and I gave her all the information. And what she did was she put it in the order that it was supposed to be practiced in. And when I started to practice it in the order that she told me, suddenly everything changed in my life. Um, it was almost like I was on this um, supercharged, uh, energetic awakening um, and strengthening. So I was literally changing my consciousness. I was changing my energetic fields and I was changing my experiences um, 
in the other worlds or other dimensions just by practicing these postures. I have to back you up, okay? I have to back you up because you literally just went, I just, you know, did my astral projection thing, then I went back in time and I learned some stuff. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I might astral project to learn how to do that. So how does that work? I mean, do you leave your bedroom and you just go? I mean, is it like when you were, you know, a kid and you saw a portal to pass through? How do you go from one time or one dimension to another? Like, how, how do you even find that path? Uh, once you leave your body, um, there's really no time or space. So almost with a thought, you can be in the future or the past. Um, but this, um, these journeys to Egypt, I was taken. Like I say, it was, it was almost like I was being um, trained again. Mm-hmm. So it's all, I'd go to sleep at night and then I'd be taken. I don't know how I'd be taken, but I would just end up in the temple with these pharaohs and they would just start to show me these things. Now that's, that's fascinating. That's, that just blows my mind that we can just, you can just go and you can do this. Um, you also said that, you know, past is past, but you can also go into the future and see now my interest, my interest there, and I don't even know what I want to ask you, but it's, I have a problem with things being predetermined because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my own fate. I'm one of those people. So is it almost like quantum physics then if we were to observe the future just by observing it, we're changing it? I mean, isn't it, wouldn't it be dangerous to, to go into the future and see what was, you know, quote unquote, going to happen? Um, yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> However, okay. However, um, what if we've already lived the future? And what if we've all chosen to come back in the past and relive it? Why? Are we going to change something? Are we just here to do it again? Is it just like getting on the same roller coaster? I think that we're evolving the timelines. So as we in are we can changing insert ourselves. Yeah. So we can go through different life streams and we could come back and alter them. I know it sounds very strange, but you know, I know not just me, I know a lot of people that have memories from the future. I'm like, how do you have memories from the future? It's like I've already lived life or I've already done this. It's almost like a cosmic deja vu. That's just, it hurts my brain, but it's fascinating to me at the same time because, I mean, I don't like the idea that I'm stuck in a circle, that I'm just doing this over and over and over again with no change. If I'm, you know, if I'm reliving something because there's a certain point where I get to change something, that's something else entirely. But, I mean, the idea that I'm just getting on the same ride over and over again, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> well, I don't think it's right. I think it's constantly evolving. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, so you 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 know you're you're doing the uh, you're doing the Chinese postures, uh, you're learning about them, and you say that your life changed kind of drastically after that. Which I mean, I can absolutely understand. I've done some amazing meditations where I've gotten a big blast of cosmic energy, and that's those tiny moments are they're they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. There is not uh, there is not an experience like it to get that kind of energy flowing through your system. It's uh, 
it's uh, it's pretty neat. So uh, kind of been you know you're kind of you can kind of get them. I'm assuming you know just by doing the motions, you're kind of putting your body in that kind of state. So what's next for you, Jason? What happens after that? Uh, it's a it's a big question because it. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> the thing with these experiences, it's not like um, there's no order to it. It's almost like you just get thrown into all these different situations and you just have to either experience or observe or uh, deal with it. And um, I would say that I really started to figure out um, the influences, I'll say. And this is something that still bothers me and, and freaks me out a little. Um, but I've dealt with it so much that it's just um, a nuisance, I would say. Mm-hmm. And okay. what, what that is is that we can have thoughts and memories and dreams placed inside of us. So sometimes we think there's a voice in us and it's us that's talking to us. Or us that's giving us a vision. But it's not us. So there is a big teaching that I had to go through is trying to separate what's me, what's my mind, and what's not. And that's very difficult to try to figure out. So you're learning discernment on a very personal internal level. That's right. Okay. That's right. But the thing is, is I can leave my body. So if I can hear or if I receive a message, I can stick my head out of my body and see who's whispering in my ear. That's handy. Right. So uh-huh. it's, a, it's a little different, so, right? So that's <laughs> pretty much how you can tell if somebody's, you know, putting something in your head that you don't want there. Right. Okay. And I, I've had some pretty uh, drastic experiences with this. And uh, it started off by uh, meeting another, uh, I'll call them a master in this world, and a very gifted uh, healer and psychic and channeler. And uh, basically one day he pulled me aside and he just said, you know, what if I told you that the thoughts that you think are yours are not and I said, that's kind of weird. <laughs> what do you mean my thoughts aren't mine? And he says, whenever you get a thought, you know, any thought that comes into your mind, I want you to say, you are not my thought forms. Please leave now. And, you know, this is a, this is a guy that I took very seriously. So, um, I did that. Like any thought he didn't, like there wasn't a narrowing down, just literally like any no. thought, nope, you're not mine, go and, away. That's right. Anything that came into my mind, I would just say, you're not my thought form, please leave now. And I did this okay. religiously. And something very strange happened to me because of this. Um, this is like the story of your life, Jason. This is not new. <laughs> this is not, yeah. Basically, uh, something happened in my head. I, it was a physical thing. I felt this thing in my brain just, it almost like clicked 
it just like there was this popping click right in my brain. It's the only way I could describe it. And once that happened, it was like my mind was completely clear. It was almost like there was wind going through my ears. There was not like a single thought going through my mind. And, you know, growing up, I'd always think about what I'd have to say. So let's say I'm speaking to you right now. In my mind, I'd be two sentences ahead of what I'm going to speak about, right? Now it's like there's nothing going on in my mind. I'm just speaking. And um, one night, you know, I'm having a normal dream. And in my dream, I hear my own voice. It's my own voice. And I say to myself, uh, Jason, I'm very sorry to tell you, but you're dying of cancer and you have less than a year left to live. And I started to get really sad and I started to think, oh no, you know, I'm dying and, you know, what am I going to tell my friends? What am I going to tell my family? And I started to think about that stuff and I started to feel very sad. And then I, it just dawned on me in my dream, wait a second, my thoughts aren't mine. And when I said that, I popped out of my body and I saw this thing laying in bed beside me talking in the back of my head. That's just and, rude. Isn't that crazy? That's and I, was, beat. <laughs> <coughs> I was so angry. I can't tell you how angry I was. I was so angry that I grabbed this thing. Literally, I grabbed it by the arm. I tried to get away. I couldn't. I was holding on pretty tight. And I, I demanded to know who it was. And it just gave me gibberish. Just total gibberish. And I said, I don't know why I said it, but I said it. I said, are you a being of the light? And it calmed right down. And it said, no, I am not. And I said, get out of here. You're, you're never allowed to contact or manipulate me ever again. And it left. And trust me, that was the friendliest I've been to one of these things. Uh, recently, not so friendly. Are you doing some and, astral projection? Like, hey, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. These, go ahead. These things are 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 shocked. It was not expecting me to be conscious. It was mm -hmm. just totally shocked that it's like, oh no, this one's awake. And um, I'll tell you what the scary thing is about this. First thing is that this thing was beautiful. It literally looked like a glowing white angel. So Seriously. sneaky. Oh, that's rude. Yeah. So, so you have to really use your discernment on the other side because these things can take any form they want. All right. Can you take any form you want? Yes. Interesting. But it, I think it has to do more with where you go. Okay. So if you go to another planet or another dimension, you're going to take the form that suits that place. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the most scary thing 
about this situation is what if I believed that I was yeah. going to die in a year? Mm-hmm. They were implanting something very deep in my subconscious. And I would have manifested it physically if I believed it. Yeah. Let me, right? let me ask you, Jay, have you ever, um, one, do you sleep with somebody else who is aware of all your nighttime activities and, you know, all the cool stuff that you're doing? Um, that's question number one. And then question number two, have you ever astral projected with someone else? Um, question number one, um, I am married. <laughs> so your poor um, wife, my, my, my <laughs> wife is, um, and she's very gifted and psychic as well. Um, so when she first started to date me, she got, um, very freaked out, um, because she would see things coming into the room to, uh, talk to me at night. Hmm. <laughs> She would get very upset and very so scared. So she's, with her actual physical eyes, she's seeing the things that you pop out and see when you're astral projecting is basically what the moral of the story is. Basically. That's not nice for your wife. Bad, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it it's good confirmation that it's like, you know, she'll, the next morning she'll say, you know, there's this thing in your room and it kind of look like Darth Vader with a, you know, a ventilation mask that was like long, like a trunk. And I go, Oh yeah, yeah. It, it just came cause it wanted some healing work done. Don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> normal, normal Jason life, right? <laughs> what a conversation. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't mind that scary looking thing, babe. I just, yeah, no, it's cool. We're having a conversation. It's fine. Go back to sleep. Wow. Well, all right. So, and then question number two, have you ever astral, you know, projected with someone else? Like um, a friend, like if you guys kind of entered that state together and gone and hung out and, you know, kind of explored. I'll say that there's a shaman that I work with that has come to my rescue many times. Um, so let's say there's something going on in the astral um, and maybe I need his assistance. He'll show up and be there for me. And uh, he's physical. And, you know, I could call him up on the phone and he'll know exactly what went on. Wow. So wow. just another. And so there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of strangeness, I guess. But for me, that's just normal life. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it's just it's just another another kind of walk in the park for you. Um so, <laughs> uh, so I don't even know what to ask you next, Jason. So now we, I mean, we've literally now what, what made you, you know, want to write this book? Was it just a come, you know, you know, a compilation of all these experiences that you're having? Um, you know, did something tell you that you've got to share your experiences with other people? Um, cause you've got a lot of, obviously you have a lot of knowledge to share and a lot of, you know, I'm assuming kind of how to's, although I don't know if a trial by fire is the right way for everybody, but it's certainly working for you. Well, you know, I, I do have teachers that are physical and like I mentioned the shaman before and like I have taken and continue to take different trainings and I think that's very necessary uh, to have people in the physical world that will help you and teach you. So I don't really close any doors here. Um, I'm sorry, what's the question? 
<laughs> Why the book? When when did you decide oh, that you were well, going to sit down and write the book? Well, I'll, I'll just say that there was there's so many experiences. It's not just one or two. It's it's hundreds and hundreds of experiences. And as I'm getting older, it's almost like I'm forgetting a lot of them. And it's like people will have to remind me about certain topics and then suddenly I go, oh, yeah, like I remember this time I was in this place and I did this. So a lot of these memories were fading. And I knew that they were important and I needed to document them. And then another big uh, life-altering event happened to me. And um, basically I got a real attack, a real hit on my life and – um, I almost died. Uh, physical so or astral? Physical. I almost Fis- died well, physically. Please, t- oh, uh, can can we? Can, this is a story that you want to talk about? Can we talk about it? Uh, I don't know how much I would want to talk about it too much, but I'll just say that um, as I was, you know, laying in bed, and every day was getting worse than the day before. You know, usually you get better, but I was actually getting worse every day. Um, I was thinking that, you know, I'm going to die and nobody's going to know these stories. And I'm forgetting them too. So, you know, I'm doing myself a disservice. I need to somehow write this down. And uh, luckily I had some uh, very close people in my life, including the the shaman that I mentioned. And um, they did some ceremonies and basically brought me back to life. Um. And I had a miraculous healing from that. It was almost instantaneous, uh, which was incredible. Um, but after that, I thought, you know what? I need to tell my story. I really need to, to talk about these things openly because before I didn't. I really kept right. a lot of this closed. Um, and then I went, I was invited to speak at this expo called um, Alien Cosmic Expo which was in Brantford, Ontario. And I gave my talk about, you know, basically what I'm telling you right now. And there was a gentleman there by the name of Bob Mitchell. Um, he was a, a famous Canadian um, journalist. He's written many books and, you know, he's worked for many newspapers and a very well-respected guy. And he came up to me after my talk and he said, uh, he was fascinated with what I had to say and would I be interested in writing a book with him? And I just looked at him and I said, that's amazing. I just decided last week that I'm going to write a book and now you're right here, uh, Cosmic Synchronicity, that you want to write a book with me. I said, let's do it. <laughs> you know, so, and we worked, me and Bob worked so well together. Um, we wrote that book in two months, Forbidden Knowledge. And um, we really wanted to get it out fast because, um, you know, a lot of the information was, uh, I would say, Mm time-sensitive. So we really wanted to get it out there. And um, once it got its debut, I think we did our our debut on uh, Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And once we did that debut of that book, Forbidden Knowledge, um, it exploded. Like the success of that book has been amazing. 
and it's gone all over the world and it's being translated into Chinese, Japanese, German. Um, so it's like we didn't expect for this book or this information to just reach so many people so quickly um, that me and Bob actually decided to uh, start a company together where we would help other experiencers or other people uh, tell their story. And um, the first person that uh, came to us was a gentleman by the name of John Titer II. And um, Bob and I decided to help him write his story for him. And we wrote a second book together called Disclosed Chronicles of John Titer II. And um, by the end of that book, uh, Bob Mitchell um, was diagnosed with um, terminal cancer. And uh, basically, we finished writing Disclose, and he died um, three weeks later after we oh, released no. Disclose. Oh, that sucks. First yeah, it, it, it really sucks. But um, so it's almost like Bob brought me into this mainstream world here and, you know, showed me, you know, how to do the interviews and write the books. And right when he finished teaching me that, he passed away, he left. Kind of a so, that when the student is ready, the master will appear, huh? Kind of helped you out and then went where he needed to go. Exactly. So, um, you know, you know, yeah. it's almost like he's still here obviously yep. working through us and, and doing all these things, but um, that's how that's how we decided to write the story. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about time because mm -hmm. there's so much out there on the internet mm -hmm. and basically everybody is coming out of the woodwork and, you know, disclosure is a very big word right now. So everybody wants to tell their story and try to get some type of information out there. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I find interesting about um, the Forbidden Knowledge book is that it's the momentum of it is still continuing to grow. I would which imagine means so. It's a broad topic that you're covering. You're touching about a lot of different bases here. Yes. So... It means there's got to be something in there that people need mm -hmm. because it just keeps spreading. And it's, it's almost like um, the Egyptian postures, the, the mm -hmm. book that – or the information that was given to me about the healing techniques of the postures. Mm -hmm. I wrote that book and I made a DVD of it and I released it in 2007. And I basically did nothing with it. Like, I just kind of taught the local people around here, and um, people found my book, The Egyptian Postures, and it, it it just went all around the world. So it's almost like the things that have truth in it, the things that will really help people, it has a life of its own. You don't have mm -hmm. to promote it. You don't have to work hard in trying to convince people that it's real or it works. It's like people will know that it works and it's real because they could feel it. 
Give it a try, you say. Give it a try. Just give it a try. So, you know, I don't push any of my techniques or any of my knowledge on anybody. Um, but, you know, if people pick it up and use it, it just kind of spreads because they they get some benefit out of it. Very interesting. Very, I'm going to have to – I have not read your book yet, but I'm definitely going to have to pick up a copy and check it out. Uh, just talking to you, I have to read about more of the freaky day in the life of Jason because uh... – Yes. That, that <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so I got to ask because it was a pretty good question from the chat room, um, and, I, and yeah. I completely understand what you're saying when – you know, when you say what well, a lot of this stuff, you just have to kind of take it for a test drive and, and give it a shot. Although I would caution people about astral projection because you can, you know, don't lose your body, guys. Don't lose your body and do be careful about what's out there. So, um, but the question kind of is, have you ever thought about kind of participating in a sleep study group? Um, you know, just, just kind of, you know, going that route, you know, and, and doing your astral projection thing while you do it. I, I also that that's too because there was, um, a famous channeler, J.M. Knight, I want to say, and she actually participated in a study like that to kind of prove that she actually was channeling something. So have you ever thought about doing something like that? No, no. I, I've been asked that before, and I'll just say that it, it was very, very active in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of these stories came from was, <coughs> excuse me, from the age of uh, around 21 to the age of about um, 28, I would say. That's when most of these experiences happen to me. And now it's like it happens maybe once a month or once every couple months. It's not as frequent as it used to be. Um, and, you know, people ask me, you know, what do I do now when I go to sleep? And I say, I go to sleep and I dream, <laughs> finally. That's it. Mirror. No more. Uh, no, no more. No more astral projecting for you. No more wandering around. Well, it just happens naturally. That happens when I need it to happen. It's not like I, I. It's like if I really wanted to, I could, you know, put myself in that state. But you know, to be in a foreign environment or to be studied, it's. I mean, these states that you are reaching, it, it comes out of a place of relaxation. It's, it's, you do these when you're in a place of, of total comfort and tranquility. Um, or it comes when there's something trying to attack you and you're like, what the hell's in the room? And then you just naturally get out of your body. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is not a state I have reached yet when I feel like there's something in my room, but that's okay to each their own. <laughs> I'm actually really glad. Um that's very interesting. But, very, very interesting. And, and that's the thing I want to talk about with um, the outer body experiences is that I, I think this whole um, alien, ghost, paranormal thing, it all resides in the state just outside of our field of vision. Now, so it's like when I leave my body, I've seen what we would consider different alien beings like I've seen greys and insectoids and reptilians and all different types of, of beings that would be considered alien I've never seen them physically with my own eyes but if I leave my body I can see them. 
what are they doing? Have you been able to communicate with any of them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can't just say, yeah, Jason, you got, come on. Like, what, what did you talk about? Like, what are you, <laughs> yeah, I just made that what? crop circle in England. It was dope. Like, how'd the conversation go? Come on. <laughs> well, I, I think the most interesting conversation was with um, reptilians. And uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of fear with and trust me, I've met some that I had. I still have a lot of fear with. <laughs> but luckily, the conversation was with a friendly one. And um, you know, basically, I asked where they were from, and they told me they were from Sagittarius, the constellation Sagittarius. And I said, um, you know, what's your name? Like, what do they call you? And gave me a whole list of things. He said we're known as. Uh, Reptilians, reptoids, dinoids, raptors, sarians. Uh, I, it was a huge list that I went through. But there was three of them. One was um, very humanoid-like, um, very muscular. And then he had two next to him that were almost like uh, dinosaur-like. I want to say like Godzilla-like. Um, so two different types of reptilians and, um, oh, what I gotta go back. See, I always forget these memories and I asked them why they came to visit me and they said that I was looking for the Pharaoh, um, Akhenaten, which I was at the time I was actually researching Akhenaten and they told me that his mummy was discovered in the early 20s, but has been hidden in Rome ever since, uh, which I thought was an interesting um, bit of information because I, I don't believe, or I, I do believe that uh, Akhenaten was not what we would consider a human being. Um, so it'd be very interesting to examine that mummy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, then I, and then I asked them about... You know, I hear, you know, reptilians uh, have a bad rap about them. And they basically agreed and said that there's different reptilians that control many worlds and they're very warlike beings. And um, But there's factions of reptilians that are very enlightened. So there's, there's a polarity there. Interesting. Um, so like us humans, good ones and bad ones kind of... Kind of is the story across the galaxy. That's what I've been finding, yes. And, you know, it's, it's very strange how the mind works. Is um, Just even uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I saw a gray. And it was just kind of standing at the end of the room. And it's very strange how the mind works because I, I, I saw it. I knew exactly what it was, and my mind said in my head, it's just an old, short man. That's what my mind said to me when I was looking at this thing. <laughs> You're like, no, that's not an old, short man. <laughs> right. So, you know, I could understand, um, you know, people... Uh, may doubt their experiences because their mind, it's almost like pre-programmed, um, so that if you, 
experience or see a certain thing, your mind explains it as something else. Right. It's interesting that your mind would do that to you, because I can understand someone who hadn't had the experiences you've had. It's almost like a protection mechanism. Um, for you, I mean, I'm surprised that your mind just didn't catalog it immediately. No, that's, you know, that's the gray one that we saw last week when we did the thing. <laughs> but still, your mind kind of has like that protective barrier. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have these, these type of programs and, but it's, you have to learn how to observe your own mind. So as my mind is saying that to me, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out, wait a second, why would I say that? That doesn't make any sense. You know, so you're, you're almost having this internal conversation with yourself, like, where did that come from? Did that come from the gray? Did the gray put that in my mind saying, oh, right. don't worry about me. I'm just an old short man. Did you get an answer to that question? Was it yeah, the gray? it was. Uh, it was definitely the gray. Interesting. So, and, and a lot of times they just observe. So, if you wake up and you're seeing it, oh, just go back to sleep. I'm just an old little man. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. If it's freaky having a gray alien in your room or an old short man. I don't know what's scarier. Yeah, that I think equally, those are both equally disturbing to me. Well, hang on. Why is there an old short man in my room? Like, what the hell? <laughs> am I about to get murdered or am I about to get abducted? What's going on here? Exactly. So, oh, my goodness. so both are not good. Neither. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell, next time you see the little gray one, tell him he's got to do a better job disguising himself. She's like, oh, this is a pretty unicorn. It's just coming to say hi and then it's going to go away. He's got to do a better job. <laughs> I know you caught him on the spot here, but that wasn't good. That wasn't good. So we are unfortunately out of time, Jason. We could go a whole other hour with you and talk about your experiences. Please tell everybody where they can uh, where they can find you if you've got a website, um, where they can get your book, both of them, because you've written two. Um, please just plug the heck out of yourself. Caller, and I am so sorry. We just don't have enough time to get to you this evening. You should have called us earlier. You can't call last five minutes of the show because Dr. J is next, and we have to let Dr. J get on. So, Jason, please plug the heck out of yourself. Uh, my website is thecrystalsun.com. That's thecrystalsun, S-U-N, dot com. And you can find me on Facebook at Jason Quit at The Crystal Sun. And also you can find my book on Amazon, uh, Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. And if you just type my name, Jason Quit, in Amazon, all the books will come up. Perfect, perfect. Jason, you have been a pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much for being on Skywatchers Radio with us tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Everybody, don't go anywhere. Dr. J is next on the public streaming network. And next week we have a guest who is absolutely fascinating, which is code for Crystal has no idea who's on next week. Hang on. I'm going to go to the page. Wait. Wait. I'm looking. Hang on. Events. I'm going. 20 seconds. Next week, we have James Gilly. How do I even pronounce this name, Jackal? What did you do? James Gilliland? 
That's we've got James. James is on next week, and I have slaughtered his name like we normally do to guests. He's going to have to teach me how to pronounce it correctly. That's my bad, James. James is also an author. His books include A Reunion with Sorth, Becoming God's Two, and the soon-to-be-released Ultimate Soul Journey. It's going to be awesome. My men abandoned me tonight, but that's cool. I hung down the fort by myself. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't go anywhere, guys. Dr. J is next. Everybody, like Angel tells us, Keep looking to the stars.